This podcast was first broadcast on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Go to radioverulam.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts and if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability in the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, for the past 16 weeks in the countdown to the COP26 climate talks, Nick Hazel of Radio Verulam's Verulam in the Morning has got together with local charity Sustainable St Albans to help us learn about 16 carbon-cutting steps we can all take. Each week on Tuesday's Verulam in the Morning, he's spoken to one local person with an expertise in a particular step about what they've done and tips to make it easier for us to make that change too. For example, he spoke to Judith Leary-Joyce about what she'd learnt whilst going through a complete eco-renovation of her house, Philip Durish about how to fix things rather than throwing them away, and local foodie Becky Alexander about cutting down on eating meat. Now, I've loved listening to these interviews, and in spite of priding myself on my knowledge of sustainability issues, I have actually picked up some pretty useful tips. With the COP26 climate change talks now upon us, I thought we should hear what Nick himself had thought of the interviews, what he'd learnt about and perhaps whether he'd been inspired to make any changes in his life. Nick, thank you ever so much for for joining me here on Environment Matters. So um, we're coming to the end of your countdown to COP series of interviews that you've been doing on uh, Verulam in the Morning. When you started out on these interviews, how would you have rated your kind of awareness of climate change and what we can do about it? Well, I'd have liked to have thought I was, <laughs> that I was quite aware and I knew quite a lot, but I've learned that I knew less than I thought, All right, to be okay. honest. Uh, and have you, uh, have you changed any of your attitudes over the course of these few weeks? I think probably talking to the people I've talked to has made me more aware. I can't say that I've uh, there's there's sort of huge major things that I've thought right. I didn't know anything about that, and I really ought to be doing. But I have definitely noticed that just almost subconsciously, I'm more aware of the things I'm doing and what impact they might be having. So it's made it sort of brought my awareness to the fore, perhaps a bit more. Right, okay. And how about as it as far as changes go? Have you actually made any changes to the way that you live? Uh, well, yes, actually. I mean, a, a couple of them were kind of somewhat planned already, but I sort of got the impetus from from talking to people. The, t- the two I can think about um, straight away are um, actually putting a car charging point in the parking area at the back of our, our house and also uh, installing external insulation. I, I talked to uh, Judith Leary-Joyce in, in uh, Bernard's Heath and she said, actually, we probably should have done external insulation. It might have been a bit easier. And, and, but just talking to her about the project she'd undertaken, which is massively bigger than what we're doing at the house, um, just made me think, well, you know, if people can do that kind of thing, I can do this. Um, in terms of personal behavior, I probably have modified things a bit, but that's probably more, I, I couldn't honestly tell you what it is other than just um, I'm more consciously aware of, oh, I know, well, actually uh, up at the market last weekend, I was about to buy some strawberries and then I thought, well, 
where do they come from at this time of the year? Mm, actually, they're not going to come from around here, are they? I won't bother. I don't really need strawberries. Um, so it's small things, but I think my general awareness has probably made me do things that I haven't quite realised I've done, if you see what I mean. Yeah, indeed. And, and actually, the, the two things that you are taking off the back burner, installing the um, charging point and external insulation on your house, I mean, those are massive steps to take. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we've got all the rubbish at the back of the house right now. So I know, but, uh, um, well, massive and not. I, I, I tell you what was most difficult in both cases, actually, I thought, and I think this is something where we all have to get better informed, but also I think there's a role for government and local government, is actually finding out w- what you can do and how um, is actually not that easy. Yeah, it's, it's not that easy to find out. Right, I knew nothing about car charging points, right? So so I just had to go on the internet and research some stuff. And even then, I wasn't sure that I was really buying the right thing. Uh, in fact, to this day, I'm not totally convinced. Um, on an external insulation, well, frankly, I mean, it, there's there's very little out there at all about what you need, what you can do, what difference it will make, that kind of thing. Th- there needs to be more of that. Um, you know, I know there are government schemes and so on, but they are actually very complicated. I did get a small grant for the car charging point, but 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 it's not that so much. It's the information about how do you go about it? What do you need? What do you need to think about? I actually found that quite difficult to find. Yes, indeed. Did you take a look at the Sustainable St. Albans website and the resources there? I did. And actually, I think some of the resources there are some of the best that I could I could find. So that was helpful. So in your interviews, you've considered lots of different steps, uh, lots of different kinds of things. Are there any that you sort of thought about and thought, that's going to be a really hard step for me to take? I'm, I'm not sure I'm ready to do that. <laughs> yeah, eating less meat, talking to Becky Alexander. Um, I mean, okay, I, I, I was sort of salivating during the interview and thinking, oh, yeah, that sounds tasty. But actually doing it and eating less meat, um, I, I mean, I'm, I don't think our household is particularly huge meat eaters, but it is definitely a, a, a significant part of our diet. And so that whole thing about, right, can I really actually make a conscious effort to cut down, I think might be quite difficult. Um, The other one that struck me, and it doesn't really apply right now today, but it is the whole electric vehicle thing. I'm thinking about, unless the technology improves significantly, the whole idea of being able to drive long distances without worrying too much about where where the fuel is coming from that i'm going to find that's quite a big change i think that's not coming yet but it's coming yeah indeed well nick i would say as somebody who only has an electric car and does use it occasionally actually do you know cars have moved on an awful lot and it's certainly possible so um i think we we are getting there but i think what you're saying is right that actually for a lot of the changes we need to to make they are kind of at the forefront of, I'll say the forefront of technology, they're kind of new things that we're um, we're developing and um, we don't know that much yeah. about them. The builders don't know that much. The people down the garage don't know that much. And so perhaps something else we can do is, you know, talking to them about it too. Yeah. And I think there are, you know, you can see that there are huge opportunities, commercial opportunities for for builders and for heating engineers. I was actually talking to a heating engineer to just be passing in, in the street when I was outside uh, about air source heat pumps. And on the one hand, he's saying, yeah, well, we're not fully trained on it yet. And actually, 
it's actually quite tricky uh, because, you know, really they only work with underfloor heating today and all that sort of thing. Um, uh, so there's a lot, you know, he was kind of saying, yeah, we know it's coming. We're sort of starting to get trained up on it. and uh, But there's a lot to be worked out. And I think that's that's generally true. I thought of another thing, actually, where I've modified my behavior a bit um, is that I've always been quite keen on repairing things rather than replacing them. And our dishwasher went on the on the fritz uh, a couple of weeks ago. And um, actually, I persevered at repairing it um, longer than I might have otherwise because I talked to Philip LaRiche about, you know, repairing and reusing and was so impressed by his passion for that that I actually soldiered on with the dishwasher in the middle of the kitchen floor for two weeks. Not entirely popular, obviously, uh, but but actually success. One spare part and, and it's back in action. So So that was good. That's that's brilliant. Uh, and uh, I agree this. I thought Philip's can-do mentality um, was really quite uh, quite inspiring, quite catching, wasn't it? It was. Uh, be careful around electricity is the only thing I'd say. But yes, um, and it would be lovely if, if we could get a local repair and reuse group going, I think. Yeah, indeed. So you mentioned Philip there. You've interviewed lots of of local people. What, what what have you thought about them, their enthusiasm, their level of expertise? Well, I think it's quite incredible, really, that we've got that many people. And I know that's not everybody, but we've got that many people who um, do have quite significant level of expertise and enthusiasm. I mean, I suppose I would pick out uh, Judith, just because her, her home renovation project turned into a very major piece of work on her home, which she she admits, I think, that, that she'll probably never see all the money back from, but it felt like the right thing to do. And um, you know, people who the enthusiasm, I think, has really heartened me because um, it's great having lots of knowledge, but if you haven't got the enthusiasm and the kind of can-do attitude, well, nothing's really going to change, is it? And uh, individuals are helping to make a difference. I thought Caroline Wilson as well on on food waste. Um, you know, that, that's just something she set up as a Facebook group because she thought there's too much food waste, and she's taught herself a lot about food waste and the incredible amount of stuff that we grow that actually doesn't get used. Uh, um, uh, and and you know that that kind of thing amongst individuals is really really important. I think. Yes, it, uh, I think you're right that the it, it's it's both, isn't it? It's the it's the knowledge being able to pass that on, but but again, the enthusiasm. If you see somebody else um, spending a lot of time um, taking a lot of care in how they renovate their house and improve its insulation, improving its energy efficiency, it, it does make you think. Well, actually, yeah, you're right. Those are the things I should be thinking about in in my house too. Oh, that is true. Um, uh, but it is, it's really difficult in places like St Albans and the surrounding areas where such, so much of the housing stock is, is quite old, right, and, and, and very poorly insulated. And it does, it, it's quite a hard job to do, but, um, but worthwhile. I, do, I just think you feel better about it afterwards. Well, yes, absolutely. And after sort of doing quite a lot of insulation art on our house, it really does make it a lot nicer place to live. Um, and of course, the bills are a bit less as well. So there's definitely benefits that aren't just environmental ones. So right at the start of your interviews, you spoke to Catherine Ross from Sustainable St. Thomas, and she spoke about Counters In, um, the website where you can register your carbon cutting actions and have the satisfaction of seeing the difference that they make and how they add up with other people's actions around the world to make a difference. Were you inspired to sign up to that? Well, do you know what? Immediately after the interview, I was, and then I forgot all about it. If I, I have to be honest, I completely forgot. 
um, and I'm going to go and do it now because if I don't do it now after after we've chatted, then I will forget again. And I think that is something about this whole area, which is it's kind of so all enveloping that it's easy to forget the things that you you should should be doing. So I am going to go and do it now, but I completely forgot beforehand. Well, that, well, that's good to hear because I think that that sharing what you're doing, as we've said, is a really important part of helping everybody on this journey that we all have to make. So, will you be inspired to go on from here? Oh yes, definitely. I don't see this as kind of just being an end point or anything. I think it. I, I think probably the biggest challenge I would say that a lot of us have is modifying our behaviour in terms of things we consume. Do we really need all these things? Uh, companies and governments have a big role to play, but I think we as individuals have to really think seriously about well, what am I consuming here and what's its impact? And you know, it's it's just something that that we all have to be thinking about and doing something about and not just expecting governments and and local authorities and so on to do it for us because that isn't going to be how it works. Indeed. And that's uh, really quite a good thought. I mean, the, um, the interviews was countdown to COP. We're obviously expecting great things from our le- leaders in Glasgow. But as you say, it's not just down to them, is it? No, it's not. And I think we all have to take action. Perhaps the biggest thing that in some ways in the short term that can come out of COP26 is that people are more aware that this is a serious problem and we need to deal with it. Yes, indeed. Nick, thank you very much indeed for sharing those thoughts with us. I was talking there to Nick Hazel from Tuesday's Verulam in the Morning here on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Now, you'll find podcasts of all of his Countdown to Cop interviews on the podcast page of RadioVerulam.com. Just select the Countdown to Cop series and listen at your leisure. And as Nick said, for uh, really comprehensive and useful resources on the topics he covers, take a look at the Sustainable St Albans website. Now, if, like Nick, you've heard of Counters In, where you can pledge to take one of 16 carbon-cutting steps and then see how your efforts are adding to the efforts of other people in St Albans, why not make this the week that you actually register? Go to Counters In. You can register with your own name or not, just as you wish, and remember to join the St Albans team. And talking of the St Albans team, another team who signed up to Counters In is reputedly the greenest football team in the country, Forest Green Rovers, who will be playing the Mighty Saints on the 7th of November in the first round of the Cup at 5.15. Now, not only is the Forest Green Rovers stadium powered by renewables and their pitches managed organically, but all the food served up in their stadium is vegan. Here on Radio Verum, you can hear pre- and post-match updates and analysis, and you'll find the live commentary on BBC Two. Now, it should be a great match, and I wish all the teams the best of luck. Now, the COP26 climate talks in Glasgow do feel pivotal. The outcome could make or break in our fight against climate change. And St Albans Friends of the Earth are joining with other local groups to run an event for the COP26 Day of Action on Saturday the 6th of November. In solidarity with demonstrators around the country, they'll be calling on the government to take climate action, to stop funding fossil fuels and to do everything that they can to secure a fair and effective agreement in Glasgow. As St Albans Friends of the Earth say that they're making a burning globe prop as a focus to the event and the globe will feature the hopes 
for the COP26 talks from people around the district. To join the event, gather in the area between the arena and the district council offices from 11.30 on the 6th of November, ready to march to near Zizi's four speeches, including from the St Albans MP Daisy Cooper. Everyone is welcome, but you're asked not to attend if you have COVID symptoms, have been asked by test and trace to isolate or have had a positive COVID test in the last 10 days. And the climate talks are also being marked by the Harpenden-based Our Planet, Our Future group. They're running a COP26 open mic night on Tuesday the 9th of November from 7.30 to 9.30. They say, we're in a climate emergency, what can we do? How can we change things? Um, Join them for an evening of shared ideas about climate change and the current state of affairs in the second week of the COP26 talks. They'll have an introductory talk from a local speaker, followed by an open mic session with three to five minute slots. Their venue is at Bennett's Club, 21 Leighton Road in Harpenden. They say that the room is large and spacious and has a separate entrance and facilities um, and they're recommending that attendees take a lateral flow test on the day of the event. And for more information about that and to book a place, go to the Our Planet, Our Future page of the Sustainable St Albans website. Thank you to everyone for their thoughts about last week's programme with Insulate Britain. It is always good to hear from you. You can do so via Twitter at RV underscore environment, via the Environment Matters Facebook page, or just by dropping me a line on amanda at radioverulam.com. I'm going to be back at the same time next week. But until then, thank you for listening.